1: Back in the studio after a two-week hiatus is Run For God founder Mitchell Hollis. Thanks
0: for having me back, Dean. You had some stellar talent here, so I'm just glad you got me back.
1: Yeah, well, you know, it was... Uh, it or was, you have me back. Yeah, it was, <laughs> you know, it's it's a step in, in a different direction, but uh, we won't say better or worse. We'll right. just say a different direction. And uh, <laughs> uh, so... Here's here's the question that we're going to ask today. Why do bad things happen to good people? We've talked about that before, um, but today we're going to talk about a gentleman who met some unfortunate circumstances, only to figure out why just a little while later. Um, and then in Dean's thoughts today, we're going to talk about how we put limitations on ourselves that, well, they may be unreasonable.
0: Yeah, I'm excited to talk about that. You know. We started a few weeks ago presenting our Run for God partners, and this week's going to be no different. we got a supporter of Run for God, and I love the name. It's Trinity Disposal. This is a good friend of mine, Hunter Williams. Um, you know, Trinity Disposal is kind of your, your go-to disposal company for Whitfield County, your trash service. Mm-hmm. Um, Trinity offers weekly residential trash collection as well as commercial front-end and load dumpsters. Um, you know they're very detail oriented and they have excellent customer service. They're the ones that actually pick up my trash at my house. And uh, Hunter's always great. If it's snowing or storming or something, they're not going to be able to come by. They send out text and emails and, and let everybody know. So they're, you know, w- we're called to take pride in everything we do, and Hunter does that with his business. So if you're in the Dalton or Whitfield County area, go check them out at, at Trinity Disposal.
1: Amen. You know, we, we, we've always talked about when I used to be in business all the time, we always used to talk about which person would you miss more, the CEO or the janitor? Yeah. And there was never any question about that. So, right. yeah, taking pride in what you do is important no matter what you do. Exactly. Uh, so you went down to Florida last week to watch Lane, didn't you? Did, I did. How did that go?
0: It went good. You know, he went down for – he was down there for about 10 days, had three races in 10 days' time. If you don't know, Lane is a triathlete. And um, on the week that we weren't there, that this was the first time I had watched Lane or not been there to watch Lane racing in the States. And that was tough. I bet. Um, but uh, thanks to technology nowadays, one of his teammates, one of his female teammates, she – live streamed his race Uh, she wasn't racing that day so we got to watch it online and it just so happens he the first race he raced he won and he actually earned his pro card wow and i wasn't there for that which was (laughs) was super hard uh he raced the next day did pretty good the next day had a little snafu with his seat his seat actually came off the bikes a little snafu a lot of the last lap on the bike with no seat uh which if you've ever ridden bikes that's hard to do. It's hard to stand up. Um, so, uh, and then he raced last this past weekend in Sarasota, Florida. I think he wound up taking seventh there. Um, didn't come out of the water where he wanted to. Missed that front backpack. But But uh, yeah, it was a great two weeks of racing. It was just awesome to be back to racing. Um, you know, we we spent twenty twenty just wondering, yeah. are we going to race? Are we not going to race? Most of the races were canceled, and uh, it was just great to number one being the being the florida weather yeah um and then just to have you know it feels like our country's coming back to life again i know there's several areas that aren't quite there yet but a lot of areas are and that's just um it's awesome to
1: see yeah i was watching some of the live stream and it looked like the weather there in florida was really nice
0: no man it was 75 78 degrees sunshine not a cloud in the sky so yeah it was uh, a it was nice
1: that's awesome because there's a lot of people. Uh, just last week, I remember I was reading about somebody who's there under like three feet of snow right yeah. now.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Actually, some of Lane's buddies they were they were going back home to feet of snow. Some some of his friends up in Wisconsin. Yeah. And uh, I don't think they were looking forward to that. I'm sure. We come back to rain, which is bad, but coming back to a couple feet of snow wouldn't be wouldn't be any fun. Much worse. Much worse. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> So we've got the Run for God 5K coming up pretty soon. What do people need to know about that?
0: Number one, it's it's a trail race. Um, we, we love the trail. You and I actually built the trail. Um, but it's not a trail race like you th- like many people think of. It's not like a stump jump type of race, single track. Um, we built this trail for our, our cross-country teams around here, and it's actually the home course of a lot of our cross-country teams. But it's very smooth. It's grass and mulch—it's you know f- moderately rolling, um, nothing crazy. You know, you go to some of these trail races which you conventionally think of, and you're you're doing some crazy things. That's that's not the case here. Um, yeah. It's very smooth. Um, you don't really have to worry about your footing um, like you do at a lot of trail races. So it's um, it's great. We are going to be. We're putting the race on. Um, we are not going to be. Spacing everybody out at the start line, if you don't want to, uh, but we are going to have the option for people to distance if they want to do that. So we're gonna, it's going to kind of be a hybrid. You know, last year we did this race, and we we were very uh, conscious about keeping everybody spaced out. We've, we're kind of pulling back from that just a little bit, uh, but we are going to have the option there if you do want to stay distance, you can do that. So um, yeah, we're just hoping everybody listening comes out. It's going to be a great event. Um, it's the perfect time of year to be running, and uh, we hope everybody joins us.
1: Well, we got a lot of Run Club folks coming. We uh, do.
0: If you're part of Run Club, we've got a little bit different experience for you. We're going to have some uh, get togethers. Uh, we're going to have a Saturday night barbecue dinner, which I'm looking forward to. I love barbecue. Yeah. Uh, I think some of the people coming here are, are looking forward to that. We got a lot of Run Club members coming to join us. We're going to tell stories, we're going to get to know each other, and we're just going to have a good time. And if you hang around for Sunday, we're all going to go to church together. So it's going to be a it's going to be a cool weekend.
1: That's awesome. I just I was communicating with somebody just last night or this morning about uh, that that she had sprained her ankle. She can't run the race, but she still wants to come. Wow. So that's that's pretty cool to see folks that uh, they just want to be here and be around. Yeah, people. she can walk the race. Uh, yeah, she, she wants to do that. Yeah, yeah whatever. Uh, I told her she could volunteer too. You That'd
0: be awesome. That. Yeah. yeah, we need
1: that. Yeah. So here's another Facebook post. We started this several weeks ago, and this one is much simpler than the ones I've read in the past, and that's what I like about this one. It's from Mary Pavluck Priolo. I'm not Mary. I'm so sorry, um, but I, I've messed up probably both of your names there. But I can say Mary. Right. <laughs> And she says, 24 down, 132 to go, week eight in the bag, ran a total of one hour this week, three 20-minute stretches. Never thought I would ever do that, but here I am, Philippians 4.13.
0: You know, I've seen a lot of these type of posts, and that's what's incredible is to see the number of people out there who are doing something they never thought they could do. Yeah, uh, I've got some family doing this program right now, and it's just um, this is where Run for God comes to life you, you you see it come to life in people and that's really encouraging to see it's, it's really not anything you and I are doing mm-hmm. you know the, we get a lot of thank yous and this is changing my life but we're not doing this yeah. these people in the program are doing this with the help of God mm-hmm. they're doing something they never thought they could do and that's just that's what that's what gets me out of bed every day uh, is hearing the stories like this and seeing what something as simple as running can do in a person's life and it's it's so encouraging to see
1: amen and she she says 24 down 132 to go so as as difficult as this was for her and as excited as she is here she's looking forward too like i've i've got another finish line way down the road that i plan to get to
0: i'm sure she's one of those that has this written on her bathroom mirror yeah if i was guessing
1: (laughs) You know, it's great to see all these posts that are full of emotion. A lot of them are. A lot of them are telling really personal stories and stuff. Uh, but I like this matter-of-fact. Just here's what it is. Here's what I'm doing. Here are the facts and the facts only. And I'm what like about the fact.
0: jump pictures? You know, I, Angie yeah. Hawkins has started something. <laughs> she did. Um, yeah, uh, and we're we're right. getting challenged pretty regular now to yeah. uh, to do our jump picture. I, I posted a GIF of one that I thought people might thought think was me. I got called out, and it's not me, but uh, but yeah, it's a, and Rebecca actually did a jump split the other day. Did you see that?
1: I didn't see that one. She did the oh, the
0: cheerleader, like where you jump and you touch your toes, and I would break my back if I yeah, did that.
1: Yeah, there's no way. There's <laughs> no way. I'm really worried about trying to leave the ground. You know, you should all, be because I've had last some, time you left the ground, it didn't turn out good. That's right. So, uh, but I'm gonna I'm gonna do it. I'm going to do it, and I'm trying to think of a spectacular way to do it or some cool setting at least.
0: Probably in front of the whole Run Club group the the night after Run at the Mill or or the 5K.
1: We could absolutely do it there. Yeah, We? We. you got a mouse in your pocket. (laughs) (laughs) If one can do it, both can do it. Come on now. (laughs) All right. We had a trivia question last week, and it was this. There is a group of people from the Copper Canyons of Mexico who are known for their running p- prowess. What is the name of the group, and what was the name of the book that made them exponentially more widely known? Hmm. Did you know this one? I did. The Tarahumara Indians of the Copper Canyon and the High Sierra Mountains. Um, the book is called Born to Run.
0: Yeah, I've never read the book, but I've, I've read quite a bit about the, the Tarahumara. How do you say it? Tara Tar- Humara Humara. Tar- yeah. Huma. Tara Humara. Yeah. yeah. I've I've read quite a bit about them but I've never read that book.
1: Yeah. It's a it's a fascinating book because he weaves in some factual stuff about minimalist running along right. with this story of these this this tribe and it's uh, it's really fascinating the way that he the book is written very very well done. Uh, I would say there's another name for them. If you go locally, they don't call them tarumaras locally. They call them Raramari hmm. If I'm saying that right, I think that's pretty close. Um, and those folks, they're indigenous to that area. They've been there for forever. Um, not even sure where they came from, but much of Chihuahua, Mexico is taken up by this group or, you know, most of this group is in Chihuahua, Mexico, excuse me. Um, they think that they number between fifty and seventy thousand people. It's really hard to tell. We—that's we, kind of foreign to us in the United States. We think, well, we, we should know how many there are. Mm-hmm. But these folks are living in cliffs and in caves and in places where it's not so easy to go door to door and take. They a haven't census. filled
0: out their census
1: papers. <laughs> no, they haven't. Um, and these folks, they're still known to run great distances. Um, as a matter of fact, a lot of them will migrate each year, and sometimes they'll do that in a running fashion. Mm-hmm. Um, they still, again, they still live among those cliffs and cl- caves. Um, that Raramari, Rarumari, Raramuri, <laughs> means those who run fast. So just the root of their name is yeah. is all about running, and so they've always been known as that. And they run in these things called another word that's hard to pronounce, war, 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 war warachis. Is it not harachis? No, it's warachis. Oh. Is the right way to say this? It looks like harachis. Well, I'm from the south, so I think it's, it's harachis here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> either way, I remember when Nike came out with a shoe. I think it was Nike. They came out with a shoe by this name. See, so, I thought they were the Hirachis. Several years ago. I don't think they have them anymore, do they? I don't know, I but it, I
0: remember those. That's that's why that name stuck out in my head. Yeah. I, I guess like, I've just been saying that wrong all this like time. It looks like Hirachis, yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. But anyway, it's it's minimalist footwear. It looks like sandals. Yeah. And he, this is something that just popped up. It's funny how God puts these things together, right? Because mm-hmm. I'm just looking at, I don't even remember what, it, what I was looking through, but I saw this little video of I know you like to watch the show Shark Tank. Mm -hmm. I like Shark Tank. And it was showing the five companies that Shark Tank turned down that turned out to be the biggest companies. One of them was a company who made these minimalist shoes that looked just like. I saw the picture online of the shoes that the Rarumari use, Mm -hmm. and then I saw the picture of uh, of these. The Shark Tank shoes? These Shark Tank shoes. They look identical. Really? They're almost the exact same thing. So...
0: Cool side fact, you know what the, what the number one product is that Shark Tank turned down?
1: Ring. Ring doorbell. Ring doorbell, yep. yeah.
0: That guy has actually been back on Shark Tank as a shark. Yeah. So yeah. that's pretty cool. That yeah. is pretty cool. You know they messed up on that one.
1: Yeah, they, <laughs> yeah they're all kicking themselves, I guess, <laughs> on after that one. These folks have been known to run 200 miles at a time, um, and they hunt their food down by just wearing it out. So they'll run. They'll run down birds, big birds, and they'll run after them and chase them down until they just wear them out and they just they're they can't they can't fly anymore. That's crazy. So that is amazing. And they play this running game where they they kick a ball. It's I guess it's a little bit like soccer, but the ball's not like a soccer ball. But they kick this ball and they have to keep it going, and then they do a relay where they kick it to the next person, and the next person takes it on, and they they do these relays. And the women do a little bit something similar, except instead of using a ball, they they have these hoops and these hoops, they roll it, they have a, like a stick and the stick is like a, a couple of feet long and they use a stick to roll this hoop along. It's really interesting mm. um, So they, they play these games, but again, there's running involved in these things and that's 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 what they're known for. Yeah. They eat a lot of plant-based food too. Uh, hmm. Less than 5% of their diet is meat-based. And so here's the the most interesting thing, I think, about their diet is that recently some of their folks have been exposed to more of a, let's say, tradi- today's traditional diet. Mm-hmm. And guess what's happened? They're suddenly becoming sicker. Really? Yeah. They've introduced disease that they never saw before. Um, and some people feel like it's because of the food that they're eating. Hmm. So very, very interesting. If you haven't read Born to Run, it's by a guy named Christopher McDougall. Um, he's got some talks online too, about yeah. it too. It's, he's, he's an interesting guy, uh, very good speaker as well as a writer. So uh, go check out Born to Run if you're looking for a good book to read that that's just interesting. So we're on the couch to marathon. We've got folks. We mentioned that Facebook post that's looking forward to, to that marathon finish line. And we talked about the 5K folks. And somewhere in between, there's this group that's headed toward the marathon. So
0: Yeah, and I think it's important to mention that you know while we're talking about specific weeks and the, the 5K challenge or the marathon challenge that a lot of people are doing, if, if you're tuning in to this for the first time, and you're a member of Run Club, you don't have to jump in where we're at. The beauty of what we're doing right now is we're creating this content and archiving it. So it's it's there for, for years to come. So if if you decide, you may be listening and think, man, I would I would like to do that marathon challenge, but I'm a little late to the game. No, you're not. Mm-hmm. You can go back and you can start at week one, right where everybody else listening started. And you just simply need to count back roughly a year from whatever marathon you want to do. And you may be on the couch right now. This program will get you there. So that's that's important that we say that because a lot of times people will tune in and hear us talking about week whatever, um, not realizing that you can start this at any point. And, yeah. Uh, so if you're listening, go check it out. It's um, as well as the 5K. You know, yeah. you, you may have a 5K that you want to train for, and you've never run in your life. All the content is on Run Club, and it's there for you to to go in and download and listen to and and. You may have a group you may have some friends in your community that that you want to do it with. But how is the couch to marathon going? It's going awesome. Yeah. You know, many people listening know that I'm doing this with everybody. I, I took I took a little hiatus from running and uh so I started back with everybody. I, I did my twenty three minute run. I started those this week and it's going great. This is actually my my buddy that's doing this with me. He he brought this to my attention a few weeks ago. This is the first time that I've ever been through this program huh and I had never thought about that you know when we wrote this I was I was an established runner I was running a lot so I had never actually done step by step. I did, but not out of a need Well now it's a need I, yeah. I have to do this along with everybody else or I'm going to wind up hurt just like we say don't jump ahead so i'm I'm going along with everybody and it's absolutely doable. I can say that from being the person who hadn't run in a while you know maybe you're out there and you've never run this is for you too it's 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 challenging yeah but it's supposed to be yeah and uh, so yeah it's 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 going awesome I'm excited about it I'm excited to see the excitement from everybody else on the run club group Um, that that page that group just keeps getting better and better it does Um, so much excitement on there and you know if you were if you were joining this club just to be part of that group worth that's it. worth it totally, absolutely
1: totally worth it absolutely as always we're proud to be sponsored by the world's greatest digital music platform J-Radio. As a mom, I want to make sure we choose a cereal that's not entirely derived from sugar. Their car seats have to be nationally CPS certified, and their first car has to have every possible safety feature known to man. I just want to do my best to make sure that they're safe. One thing I don't have to worry about is the content they hear on J-Radio. Not only do they love the music, but I know it's only going to be a positive message that I would approve of. Now, if I could just figure out how to get my youngest from sticking everything up his nose.
0: Sign up at JRadio.com and download the new J Radio app in your app store.
1: All right, we're back. And remember that you can send messages to Dean at RunForGod.com. You got a question about running? You got a question about training? You got a question about the Couch to Marathon program? Whatever question you have, you can send those to Dean at runforgod.com. You don't know about us? Again, go to runforgod.com or runforgodrunclub.com to learn more. We just talked about that, and there's so many things out there that that make this club worth joining. And we want to hear your story. We are about to share a story about somebody, and this one's a little less convent than what we do conventionally, but but similar in a lot of ways as well. Uh, But we want to hear your story. So you can go to runforgod.com or runforgodrunclub.com, and you can submit that story. And we have had a couple of folks share their story, actually three different people who have shared their story live. Um, And you can do that as well. If you can make it to Dalton, Georgia, and you would like to, we'd love to have you. Um, and Mitchell, he gets he gets real cranky when he gets out of the out of the studio for just a week. But um, no, I okay. love you know I
0: listened to um, Rebecca's story yeah. yesterday. Uh, she was on here two weeks ago, mm-hmm. and uh, so at the time we're listening to this, I actually listened to her story yesterday. I mean, I think you're a, you're an incredible storyteller. We hear that all the time. You, you've got a voice that people can listen to uh, when you're telling their story. But you can't beat somebody coming in here and telling their story live. I mean, we—the most comments we get are from the episodes where you know, like Angie came in and told hers, and Rebecca um, and, and Riley. We, those are the ones where we get the most comments is because you can hear the emotion behind it. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, you and I can't do that for somebody. So yeah, if you're if you're a, have the ability to come in studio and tell your story because, like I said, your story is impacting people. Yeah, As vanilla as you may think it is or as embarrassing as you may think it might be, um, our stories impact people for the good. God uses our stories. The devil wants to keep us silent. Yeah. The devil won't want us to tell our stories. Um, but it's it's proven. We've proven it that, that these stories, no matter how they are, can, can change and reach in and touch somebody's life. That's right.
1: Well, have you ever had something bad happen and wondered what could God possibly do with that? All the time. <laughs> well, it happened in this next story, and so this this is called "Why Do These Things Happen?" And this was a little bit different than than your normal story. This was just sent to me in a in a package, mm-hmm. and I got some uh, some things that I'm going to show you here in a little bit. Uh, actually, I'm going to tell you about them now this penny here if you're watching this on youtube you can see i'm I'm holding up this penny with a cross punched out of the middle of it Um, and i got these from a guy named bill silvers Mm -hmm. so this is the handwritten letter that i got with that it says dear dean it's never too late to start running i ran my first 5k race in april 2020 i am 82 years old I have registered for the 5k race Run for God on April 10th, 2021. I would like to furnish the poem with the penny with the cross or just the penny with the cross for the 5k runners in April. Please please pray about this and let me know. Have a blessed day. Bill Silvers, Run for God club member. So Bill is volunteering to provide some of these pennies for folks in the race. And so um, I think that's pretty cool. It's a pretty yeah. cool story, and it's a pretty cool thing. There's a poem that goes along with it, um, and and it's cool. So he also sent with that a written story, and so this is his story. And so
0: all this was – let me pause you. Yeah. This was all handwritten.
1: Yes. Well, the story was printed out from an iPad, but the, the letter was handwritten.
0: Yeah, that's – you just don't hear that anymore. no. No, that's, that's uh, you know we get a few of these type letters and most of the time they're from people in prison yeah. reaching out to us and usually when I see a handwritten letter come in, and it's because I, I guess the prisons don't allow computers or printers and things like that. So yeah, that's that's a dying art that I love to see it when it when it comes to. I'd like to see the letter he sent you. I do too.
1: It was a beautiful Sunday morning. I was four hundredths of a mile from the finish line. I was running, walking, mostly walking, my third 5K race. I tripped and fell. I went down with my face hitting the edge of a paved road just above the eyebrow. The medics arrived in minutes. They stopped the bleeding and wrapped a six-inch gauze bandage around my head. The stitches came later in in the ER. I finished the race. As I was crossing the finish line, the race director saw me. She was in the middle of her award presentation. She stopped what she was doing and called me up front. She along with all the other runners lifted me up in prayer, praying for healing and a quick recovery. Prayer works. I had a very special race coming up in two weeks. It was the Run for God 5k race in Dalton, Georgia. I ran that race. I trained and ran eight more races during the summer. Since I believe that everything happens for a reason according to God's plan and purposes for our lives, I had to ask the question, why did I trip and fall? My purpose for running the 5K races was to make people aware of the importance of praying for the doctors, nurses, and medical personnel on the front front line fighting for COVID-19. My pastor and friend, Graham Arp, helped me put together a bumper sticker to share. We chose Matthew 25:36. I was sick and you cared for me, for the scripture on the, on the sticker. We distributed them to hospitals and with the help of race directors to the people who were running the races that I was running. We distributed over 8,500 bumper stickers during the summer. So why did I trip and fall? Well, I already knew the answer. I became prideful. I took my eye off the original goal that God had put in my heart. I was running to show everyone just how fast I could run, run the race. I learned my lesson the hard way and I never tripped or fell again. On the plus side of the story, I came in first in my age category in every race. Did I forget to mention that I was the only one in my age category? (laughs) 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 Laughing out loud. (laughs) Bill Silvers. Um... That's, that's a great story. That's interesting, isn't and it? And he's that, how old? 80, he's 82. 82. 82 years. Race so 80. for
0: everybody out there listening who says, I'm too old to start running, let me present Bill Silvers. Yeah. Um, a guy like this will take away a lot of our excuses. Yes, he will. Um, even, even for those of us who aren't 82. Yeah. Um, great story
1: and after he tripped and fell wound up with stitches in his head i've got pictures which i will share in the video yeah um i've got pictures of this and i mean he he gashed his head open pretty good and then he went back and was running another race two weeks later
0: well he got up and he finished that race he finished that race i'll just bandage me up i'll I'll be okay he's
1: 82 i know that's 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 insane yeah and let me say this about being 82 because this this brings to mind something else my grandfather was saved at the age of 84. Wow. Um, he, he, he made fun of my grandmother every time she went to church during all wow. those years. She died and um, he, was, he was on his own uh, for a little while and lived with my father for a little while. And my father actually talked with him a lot and he came to know Christ before he died at 84 years old. Wow. So it's never too old no. to start running. It's never too old to find Christ. No. So have you ever tripped and fallen? I have. You know,
0: probably the worst trip and fall I've ever had. I was running with a buddy, Keith Burnett, and we were running at the Grove Level property. Um, And I was going up on one of the bridges. And, you know, it's one of those things, you don't know what happened. I look back now and I think, I don't know what happened. But before I knew it, I was headed toward the ground, and I stuck my arm out to kind of break my fall, which is really the worst thing you can do a lot of times and when I did that it kind of jammed my arm and it, it dislocated or I, I believe it dislocated for ri- some ribs you may remember it I was yeah. I was hurting for weeks You yeah. know, to breathe real deep I, I could tell something was off and, and I didn't go get them checked out and finally it, it worked itself out but yeah it's um, usually well, when you fall and you're running it happens before you know it.
1: Yes it happens. Well I say that very another
0: time I fell I was actually running with Lane when he was very young, and we were running on one of the busiest highways, Wallon Avenue in Dalton, and I tripped. And this was one of those where you see it coming for like, it felt like five minutes. I started to fall, and I would – think i'm going to catch myself oh i got to and you start to fall again and, and it takes you like 50 feet to finally hit the ground yeah. and all thousand cars parked at that red light saw me doing this and my son is like finding a rock to crawl under because he's so embarrassed uh, so yeah i've had both experiences i've had that instant you're on the ground and that five minute fall where it feels like it's never going to end
1: i've seen i've had both of those as well um And I've dislocated ribs as well. So let me assure you that putting your arm out isn't necessarily the reason why you dislocated your ribs. Because for some reason, I never got my arm out. Oh, really? And I fell and dislocated my ribs. And it was once again, I was running with one of the college girls. I mean, her and I, we were running side by side. We came around this turn and boom, it was on a trail. And I fell. (laughs) And I just got back up and I'm like, I got to keep running. (laughs) And so I ran. We were a mile and a half away from the finish line. So I had to run the rest of the way. There was no other way to do it. So I ran with these uh, dislocated ribs. And I immediately, I left there and I went to go see our friend, Scott, who uh, Mm. popped those ribs back in place, so. And
0: that doesn't feel good, I (laughs) I've never had to do that, but I hear that that's worse than the fall.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's pretty rough, that's pretty rough. But that wasn't nearly as bad as the time I jumped the fence and fell and dislocated ribs. So uh, (laughs) yeah, that was much worse. And I remember, uh, I remember I was doing some half-mile repeats one time, and I was really flying. I mean, I was moving, because I was coming downhill. And on this particular trail, there's a downhill, and then there's this, this bridge. It's relatively flat, but I didn't trip on the bridge. I tripped on a little, a little tree that somebody cut off, and there was a little nub sticking out of the ground. Mm-hmm. And I flew through the air, and I bet I flew 15 feet through the air before I landed and landed right on my hip oh my goodness that hurt i decided at that point in time a tempo run out on the road was much more attractive than Mm -hmm. the half mile repeats i was doing Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, but now i run on trails more often on purpose because i because you're glutton for punishment no because i don't fall down as much now because i've gotten more used to it okay so uh, i'm better at it and i'm better at Better at what I call staying perpendicular you to the Better be ground.
0: finding something wood to knock on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh.
1: All right, Scripture references. Psalm 121. I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going, both now and forevermore. Hmm. No matter where we are in life circumstances, God's always, He's always there. He's always watching over us. Um, and you, the question is, why would we question a God who we know is always... Watching over. you
0: know i was thinking about this last night when I was going through this and I I think we believe this verse when when things are good yeah but we have a hard time believing it when things are bad I mean it's the same old thing that we've talked about so many times in this podcast why why do bad things happen to good people um but we we have to understand and we've we've compared this to running before that it's 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 the pain of running is what makes you better. Mm-hmm. It's not the easy days that make you better. It's, it's the pain. It's the hard times. We get that. But we have to remember a, another verse that kind of um, tells the other side of these verses, and it's, and it's Romans eight twenty eight. And we know that all things work together for those who love God.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: All things, not good things, yeah. all things yeah. work together. And so God is always there. Mm-hmm. God's there in the, the sun, and he's there in the storm. Um, but that's so hard for us to understand. And and like I said before on this podcast, we get it in so many other areas of our life, in fitness and strength workouts or whatever it is you do. It's it's the trials that make you better. But why can't we get that when we're in the middle of a trial of life? Why can't we understand that God may be using that to make us better or preparing us for something bigger down the road?
1: Yeah, and I was listening to something the other day where, they were talking about, I won't mention the church or anything else about it, but let's just say they were talking about how there are churches out there today that are justifying sin because these there are things that are acceptable in today's world that maybe weren't acceptable years ago. And the, the trouble comes when we look at those positive words and we look at God and think everything is rosy and everything is supposed to be rosy and mm-hmm. there is no such thing as bad things. Um, but that's not true. And there is still such a thing as sin. And that's why that's why we go through bad things, because of that. And we should call things what they are.
0: Absolutely, yeah.
1: Second Corinthians 1, 3, and 4. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any troubles with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. Isn't that often the reason for our troubles? That we go through troubles so that we can help somebody else who goes through the same thing?
0: This is a tough one. Um, But I think back to Rebecca's story from two weeks ago. You know, that's emotional eating. That's not something I've ever really struggled with. Mm -hmm. I have my own things. But for a lot of people listening to that podcast, I am sure, because I know a lot of people do deal with that. Yeah. And I'm sure that her experience in that, even though Rebecca called it what it is, it's sin. Even though she dealt with that and that was a sin in her life, there again, going back to Romans eight twenty eight, God is taking and using that to I have no doubt touch the lives of people who are listening to that who may be dealing with that themselves. Mm-hmm. Um and you can really you can really say that about every subject out there that's a, a past sin, a past struggle, a past heartache, whatever it is, God will take that pain, God will even take that sin mm-hmm. from then and use it for his good. Yeah. to to enlighten people to the fact that that's not good. That's just a temporary setback in life. That's just a hard time you're going through. There is light at the end of the tunnel and it's not an oncoming train. God can use all those situations to touch the lives of other people. And that's why that's why I love this podcast. Yeah. Is because we talk about other people's stories and we're able to tie that back into scripture and and be able to illustrate the fact that God can use whatever it is we're talking about to bring somebody else out of that darkness out of that struggle out of that sin whatever it may be god can use that to his good yeah
1: we just we identify with people who have gone through something similar to what we're going through right sure. we kind of look for that i mean we google stuff so that we can figure out how to deal with things and so if we find somebody who has been through what we've been through we take comfort in that it's kind of the same way that People will ask me running questions. Well, why do they ask me running questions? Because they know that I've run a whole bunch of miles, and right. I I know a little bit about running, and so people ask me that. It's the same thing for somebody who was a drug addict and, and got away from that. Well, if, you, if, if you're in the middle of being addicted to drugs, who better to talk to than the guy that found the other side of that?
0: Yeah, and I mean, one of our partners, I mean, we're Partners for Christian Media, they have uh, an arm that's called Come On, Let's Go, mm-hmm. and what they do is they get these... They get these really radical stories of people mm-hmm. and then they put billboards up. You know, there's a billboard used to be in Chattanooga that that uh, Come on Let's Go put up and it was a picture of a lady and it said, "I wanted to kill my husband." And you think, "Wow, that's a crazy billboard," but you go to Come on Let's Go and it's it's this lady's testimony about mm-hmm. where where she was, where the devil had her and where God's brought her now. And you're right, it's it's those phrases that people look at her. Um, I want to commit suicide. You know, their goal is to be the first thing that pops up when somebody says, "I want to commit suicide." Yeah. Is they think it's a story of how to commit suicide, but it's really a, a redemption story of where God brought somebody else, and it speaks. And I mean, we I've heard a lot of their stories yeah. uh, for things just like this, and yeah, we have to we have to be able to recognize that Romans eight twenty eight is
1: true. Yeah, all things, all things. Yeah, and I, just a word of caution too that I I think is important is we can it can go the opposite direction as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can bring people we can we can bring people to the foot of the cross by by sharing our story because it's similar to somebody else's. We can also repel people mm-hmm. by the words that we use by not being, um, you know, just not caring what people right. what we say, and then so that we got to be careful about that too. Sure. Romans 3.23 and 6.23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and then for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Uh, We talk about why bad things happen to good people. Mm -hmm. Well, the whole premise is off base because there are, according to the Bible, there are no good people, right? Right it tells us that no one is good. Um yeah, what
0: is that Romans 3:10? There are none.
1: None. Not just. Yeah, that's right. None. None. That's pretty clear. That's it's hard to get much clearer. So
0: yeah, I mean I love how you put it that um the whole the whole statement is kind of flawed. Yeah. Why, the whole question why do bad things happen to good people? We deserve nothing less than being separated from God from eternity, that's so right. anything better than that is a gift from God.
1: Yeah, yeah. So the truth is that bad things don't happen to good people <laughs> because there aren't any.
0: <laughs> that's. I mean, I mean, we laugh, but that's dead on. But it really yeah, is. It it's, is. Um, that's a good perspective yeah. you got there.
1: So here's a question: How do we square a loving God with these terrible tragedies? You know, that's that's a, it's a it's a tough question because people see that and especially people who aren't christians and they just that's what trips a lot of people up is this whole idea that I understand that God is loving yet I see all of these terrible things that happen in the world and and why does that doesn't make any sense to me um why why does that happen
0: you know i i was i was thinking about this last night when I was going through it and you know this maybe many people on here listen to this because I think we've talked about this before but um I love to wash my truck I'm a I'm kind of a fanatic about I ha' I'm, I'm yes, the guy that's got are. the membership to the car wash because I'll and they lose money on me um, I pay like 20 bucks a month and I'll go through there five times a week sometimes <laughs> but I and this is gonna sound kind of maybe off-putting at first but the, the way I treat my truck is often the way that God treats us mm-hmm. you know I my truck is a vessel yeah and you know I drove here this morning and it was had just got done raining so my trucks got dirty there's times where I you know last week I was down in Claremont Florida and I went off road to get to the clay loop and you know got it real dirty and there's times where I've I've pulled people out of ditches and, and had to get in the mud and it it got dirty and But the car wash is always right there. I've got a membership to the car wash. Yeah. So I use that truck, and it gets dirty, and sometimes it gets dented. Last week I blew a tire on the interstate, and and I put that truck through a lot of tests. I get it filthy, but I know that I can come back and clean it up. Well, we are God's vessel. Mm Mm-hmm. And and God don't want to clean us up and park us in the garage. Yeah, he he wants us to go into the world where it's messy, where it's raining, where it's muddy, where you might get dent and dinged and banged. But knowing He's the car wash. Yeah, we we come back to His Word every morning. We come, you know, we bow our head at the foot of our bed and and talk to Him, and and that is the body shop, the car wash. That's and we're not a beat up raggedy old vessel as long as we're staying plugged into that car wash and that body shop, because that's what he designed us for. We are his vessel. Wow. And if, if we can just get that picture in our heads that, because so many times we're paralyzed, you know, that I might get dirty there. I'm not going to go there. I don't need to go talk to that person because there's a lot of drama involved in that. And, and I don't want to get in that, even though, what I have to say, the guy that I serve can absolutely reach in and touch that person. I don't want to get dirty. Yeah. That's like me parking my truck at home and saying, I'm not going out today. It's raining. Yeah. I mean, how crazy does that sound when we put it in that perspective? But that's exactly how God uses us. Yeah. And so I didn't think we were going to get off on car washes and how clean I keep my truck, but
1: But that's a great analogy. Yeah, I mean,
0: God just kind of laid that on my heart last night, and and it really convicted me because so many times I don't want to talk to that person or I don't want to get involved in that thing because my life might get dirty. Yeah. But that's okay. God told us to go into the world and make disciples, and making disciples is not always roses. It's not always clean. It's often very messy, but... We're called to do it, nonetheless, because car wash is waiting on us when we come back home. Mm-hmm. If we choose to go there, and yeah. we have to.
1: Yeah, yeah. There, I, I've got here that there, there's two ways that we can react to these bad things that happen in our lives, and we all are prone to act one way or the other. We're kind of kind of have that personality trait to to react one way or the other. We either are are like you said, we're like. God, yeah, I don't want to get my truck out because it's raining out, mm-hmm. or I, I might get messy. Or we're like, we're going to look at it positively and go, "Yeah, but there's good that can come from me getting out in that rain." Sure. And so it's it's positive, or it's negative. We can be terrified and scared. Or we can get out there and get in the middle of it all. And uh, it, if we're prone to go one direction or the other, praying about it can change us. Sure, it can absolutely. absolutely change us. Yeah. Um, and here's what I think about that I think that when we react poorly to a situation I've mentioned my, my temper on here before um, every time I get in a situation where I could let my temper get the best of me is an opportunity for me to react better the next time um, and, and I, I look at that when I see bad things that happen each time a bad thing happens it's an opportunity to react in a more godly in better way, um, so I, I think that.
0: Well, I think we've also got to understand. We've we've got to understand. This is hard. This is very hard for me. You know, the Bible tells us, and I don't know the exact verse where it's at or exactly how it reads, but it's our fight is not against mm. the the people in the world. It's against um, spiritual s- spiritual things, mm-hmm. and you know. Usually, I think a lot of times when, when God's given us the opportunity to make a big impact on people spiritually, that's when the devil throws his biggest wrenches at us. Mm-hmm. I mean, how many times have we come into this very room to start this podcast, your computer wouldn't pick in your mic up this morning. Yeah, I've seen you, we talk yeah. about how you, you yeah. love to scream at the computer. Yeah. That's not the computer. That's not Apple. Apple did not say, hey, we're going to mess with Dean this week <laughs> and we're going to make this mic not work. These things, and it's not coincidence. It's not a fluke. It's it's spiritual battles. Yeah. Because the evil one knows that you get really frustrated at technology, as do I, and he'll use that. Yep. Somebody else could come in here that that just doesn't bother them He'll use something else yeah. for them. And mm-hmm. so I think we have to understand that when things are going bad, even though God will use them for his glory in the end, that that is a spiritual thing being done. Yeah. And because it's it's the war's going on up here, way outside of us. Yeah. And yeah. that's hard to understand, but we've got to understand it. Yeah. Um and we should we should really when things are getting really bad, we should really start looking for the opportunities because you know, many, many times these these big battles come right before really big breakthroughs or when God's really about to show off and do something mm-hmm. is is when it gets really bad and um yeah, I just I I I love this line of questioning here.
1: Yeah. How about this question? Why do we think we should never have to go through tough things? Because we do. I, th- I think we think that. I think a lot of people think that. Um, you know, unless you're really plugged into the Bible and and, and understand that we deserve something different than we have, than everybody, the world thinks, we deserve to be happy. Mm-hmm right? We've heard that before. We deserve to be happy. And so we're surprised when things don't go smoothly. Um, and I, yeah, I think about how the the world, I think back to nine eleven. Nine eleven is really the last time where the entire country went through something that really kind of affected all of us. Mm-hmm. We had an economic downturn in between then and, and the whole COVID thing, but That didn't affect everybody. It Mm -hmm. affected a lot of people, but not everybody. The COVID thing is the first thing to hit us since 2001 that Mm -hmm. really affected everybody. and
0: Really affected the whole world.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's true.
0: And I can't remember a time when, in my lifetime, I know that something affected the whole world like that.
1: Yeah. And, frankly, we've reacted really poorly to it. Sure. I mean, we... And I've seen other times. I remember back, and I was just a kid at the time, when I remember seeing gas lines. I remember seeing lines at the gas station where cars were out into the road and lined up down the road because gas was scarce. And that was a a big deal. There was real panic at that point in time. Um, But, man, I didn't see some of the stuff that I see now. I didn't see people attacking each other because of their their thoughts or their beliefs or their opinions Um, and then of course you know in the 90s we had such a huge boom things were so good in the 90s economically things were just things just went well in the 90s and and i think that all of that time where things went so well uh, has gotten us to the point where we just expect it now in general
0: yeah we're um we're, we're, we've become an entitled society mm-hmm. and when things go bad the first thing we want to do now <clears throat> is blame other people. Mm-hmm. You know I I wrote down here growth happens when things don't go our way
1: mm-hmm.
0: only when we look at it as an opportunity to grow. Mm-hmm. Um, you know we said when we started this podcast we were talking about Lane's race in, in Claremont his second race in Claremont his seat fell off his bike. Hmm. And I, I remember I, I was so proud for Lane because, I mean, the first thing I, I said is I called him and I said, do you need me to send you a screwdriver? <laughs> <laughs> How does your seat come off your bike? And I was so proud because he could have blamed several people. He could he could have blamed the bike shop, you know, because to his defense, he didn't put that back on. He, he said that's a screw that he's never, ever thought about. Um. You know, there's a lot of different ways that that could have happened, most of which were probably legitimately not his fault. Now, it's his fault that he didn't check it, but he didn't cast the blame. He just said that won't happen again. You know, he'll, he'll have a torque wrench in his bag, and he will check every screw on that bike from now on because seat falling off during the bike is a pretty big deal. Yeah, yeah but so so many times and and that was a really proud dad moment that he just took ownership of it. Yeah. Uh because because blaming anybody else is number 1 you don't really know who it was and number 2 it's not going to do any good.
1: Yeah, it's not going to solve the problem.
0: But the fact that he took ownership of it made him grow as a result of it. Yeah. But when you when you and we don't let we don't, I'm a, I'm one of those dads that I don't let my kids do that. Yeah. You, you know, we've always told these kids on, on race courses. If a volunteer points you the wrong way on the race course and you get lost, it's your fault. Most people would say, well, the volunteer pointed them the wrong way. I say, no, you should know the course. Yeah, You should know the course without the volunteers. And so every time we we take ownership of stuff, stuff that didn't go our way, and, and we don't point fingers and blame or or say that shouldn't have happened, if we just take ownership, then we can grow from it. Yeah. But when we cast blame and point of the fingers and, and say, you know, uh, I'm whatever because of whatever, we're not growing from that. We can't grow from that. And, yeah. and God wants us to grow in these situations. We just talked about all these stories where growth can happen through adversity. But if we're, if we're pointing the finger in adversity, we can't grow. But if we just take ownership of it and don't blame anybody else, number one, it's an incredible character. But number two, we can grow from that, and we can only grow from it when we take ownership of it.
1: Yeah, that's well well put. I, you know, I remember a time when we used to make fun of ourselves, you know, for just for our traits and other things. I'll give you a good example. Yesterday, I'm running with one of the girls from the college. She's homeschooled, mm-hmm. and we were running, and we made some. I don't remember what the comment was, but it was something about somebody being awkward. And she goes, uh, and she's not even homeschooled. And uh, you know, so she's kind of making fun of herself. And I remember a time when that was common. We all kind of made fun of ourselves and the self-deprecating humor was a was a was a, a big thing. And today we don't want to make fun of anybody and it's all just humor. Mm-hmm. It's I mean, she was just laughing at herself, not in any serious way. It didn't mean that she felt like homeschoolers were less than anybody else or that she knew that I wouldn't think that either by that comment, and we laughed about it. And it was refreshing, Mm -hmm. because we weren't taking things too seriously. And we just think we're supposed to be offended by things (laughs) these days, and we're just not. We should just have some fun. Yeah,
0: I mean, I poke fun of you all the time.
1: You do, and it's awesome. (laughs) I love it. how can we help those around us that are going through tough things?
0: I say this all the time. You got to find time to do nothing. Yeah, you, you got to find time to to stop and be quiet and do nothing so that you can see. So many times we don't know what people are going through because we're so busy. It's not that mm-hmm. we don't care. Yeah, but it's we're so busy, and, and I fall into this all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll, I'll I'll hear about. I, I'm a deacon at our church, so I get the the emails about who's in the hospital or whatever. And I I'll get an email about somebody that I know well that is I call a friend and, and I'm close to, and I'll get an email that they've been in the hospital for two weeks. I'm like, how how did I not know that? And it's because we're so busy. Yeah. And and this is something I've really had to work on. You know, God put the the word peace on my heart weeks or months ago now Um, and part of peace is finding time to have peace to 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 just slow down to clear the schedule a little bit and it's it's those times where you you think i I picked up the phone and called you yesterday because you're going through something with your family and god just kind of laid it on mine and holly's heart we were coming back and it was just kind of quiet in the truck we weren't even really talking, and she said, "Hey, what, what's going on with Dean?" And yeah. we picked up the phone and called you. And but most of the time, we got the radio blaring, somebody's on their phone, we're talking, doing whatever. But it's those quiet times where God will whisper somebody's name on your heart, and yep. we've got to find time to do nothing.
1: Yep, I was going to bring that very thing up, and then you brought it up. <laughs> uh, yeah, and being there for people, I think. I remember a guy that I worked with when I was at Shaw who, he was a comedian. I mean, he was just a funny guy. Mm -hmm. But almost all of his humor was biblically related. And so (laughs) he'd make us all feel better just because he was just being funny. But at the same time, he was kind of sharing a testimony Mm -hmm. at the same time. And it was, again, really refreshing To to hear somebody do that, and I think that's that's a good way Mm -hmm. that we can help people through some tough things. Because, I mean, even when things were bad, I remember things would be going like just way south right just the whole plant's falling apart and he would just he would say something that it, it, all the tension's up in the air and he would mention some well you know think about it this way if the rapture happens we're not going to care <laughs> you know it'd be like it just took all the tension out of the air you know and we all just kind it made of made you we, realize how silly you sounded yeah for we were being so worried yeah and then we would just relax and everything would be fine and uh and so i i think that's something i um and i think sometimes just asking you mentioned um I, i've got somebody that i work with at the college who's going through really really tough time and when i talk with her about her situation you can tell that it's just she just appreciates somebody just even asking mm-hmm. about it and and then praying um you know that just the tears in the eyes and things like that it's it's um it's just being there mm-hmm. and just recognizing, just like you said. But you do have to be slowed down enough to recognize it. Right. Um, just knowing somebody cares enough to ask is a big deal. I mean, it was yesterday when you called and, and you asked uh, about what you asked about. It was. Uh, I mean, it was meaningful. Mm-hmm. That, that means a lot. Um, and then sometimes it's just being there. Yeah. I remember going to funeral homes when I was younger and feeling so awkward Mm -hmm. i didn't understand why i was at the funeral home because i hadn't experienced that kind of loss myself Mm -hmm. and then i experienced that loss and i realized that it's just people being there it's all it is they don't have to say anything yeah (laughs) it's just being there and even if they're just there for a few minutes. It's just coming in, how you doing, a hug, a handshake, something, and then gone and it's like, ah, it just it means a lot. Yeah. Doesn't, you we don't even have to say anything sometimes. We just have to be there.
0: Sometimes it's best just not to say anything.
1: Yeah. Cuz
0: I know I've I, I've kind of you feel awkward, but I I I know several times where I feel like I've made things more awkward by thinking i needed to say something yeah and sometimes we just need to keep our mouth closed <laughs> and just be there that uh, was... because that is that is the important thing is yeah. we're there
1: yep keeping my mouth closed not my forte <laughs>
0: <laughs> if you've ever participated in any sport you've probably met a great coach great coaches inspire us to do more than we ever thought possible You can be the leader that helps others achieve things they never thought possible. You, yes, you have the ability and the opportunity to be that person. All you need is a heart to help people and the ability to follow a plan. The Run for God 5K Challenge will come ready to help you inspire those around you. The step-by-step guide will direct you how to plan, pray, and train people both physically and spiritually. You can help them become more fit in their health and in their walk with Christ. Share your passion. Go to runforgod.com to find out how to inspire others to accomplish big things.
1: All right, so we're back, and, uh, you know, we're having this barbecue, right, that Saturday night after the race, which is going to be awesome. Yep. Um, Which, I hate to say this, barbecue is one of my favorites, but it's not very plant-based.
0: That's all right.
1: Uh, it's uh, not, not at all. What What's your favorite meal?
0: Well, you know, I love to smoke stuff, but I'm also a cheapskate. I love steak, but I'm a cheapskate. So my favorite thing, is I go to Costco and I get these really thick New York strips, um, the extra thick ones, and I, I reverse through them because New York strip is kind of the the cheaper end of the meat. It's not the ribeye, the filet, um, step above sirloin but not those other expensive meats and you can get it cheap at costco and i'll smoke it and i slice it uh into those just those you know half inch thick i'm getting hungry just sitting here talking about it but that's my favorite thing <laughs> yeah. to do is is yeah. i cook those things to about medium rare and i slice them and um that's my favorite thing oh,
1: that Beat. sounds pretty good yeah mine's not nearly that complicated what is yours I just like a good pizza
0: yeah, you've said that before. Yeah,
1: I'm a, I'm a pizza guy. Which, wrong. again, not very plant-based. So, it could be. Uh, as a matter of fact, here's the interesting thing is I've changed this plant-based diet. And it's a good thing that I look at my food as fuel because um, I can't think of any plant-based food that I just go, man, I just love that. I love bananas. Maybe that. Bananas. I, I'll, eat, I'll eat four, five, six bananas a day. I mean, I love bananas. I never get tired of them. Uh, but all of my favorite foods are things that I, I shouldn't be eating on my diet. <laughs> Barbecue pie at Red Wolf Grill. It's awesome.
0: Just to have not had that. Oh, gosh, that's
1: awesome. Man, oh, man. <laughs> all right. Uh, it's time for Dean's thoughts. That's a time when I share something that I've written about the intersection between running and faith. You know, there are certain aspects of our lives where we've kind of been trained like circus elephants. Well, what do I mean by that? Well, I've got a story called Training Elephants. Let me tell a sad story. At one time, elephants began their training for the circus when they were very young. Trainers would put a chain around the elephant's leg while they were small and somewhat delicate. They would strain against the chain for a time, but eventually they realize that the effort is futile and they give up. Even after they grow into 10,000-pound animals who could pull away from nearly any restraint, they're held in place by the same small chain or rope that held them in place when they were much smaller and weaker. After all, it was no use straining against the tether. Although the methods for elephant training have become more humane, the old illustration is a good one for runners. So many of us find limits to what we can do early and we assume that we can't do more. Even after we have spent many hours on the track, treadmill or road, owning our conditioning into a much stronger, healthier physical specimen, we remember what we couldn't do and don't even try to go any farther or faster. Or we listen to conventional wisdom that tells us that running is bad for our knees or that someone my age cannot run. The world limits what we do by placing artificial barriers in our way. That's why it's such, a fant- why it's such fantastic news when someone does anything outside those limits. We think, that person just did something impossible. When, in reality, it was always possible or maybe we limit ourselves based on what people tell us. We all know them. They're they're the ultra safe, don't take any risks, be happy where you are people. Are you hanging out with people who place restrictions on you? We know that our best experiences are often outside our comfort zones. How can we find those adventures if we never travel outside of our comfort zones? Or maybe you've grown up in a family that doesn't wander outside of certain barriers we know that very often highly successful people are successful because they see the full picture of what they can accomplish most of those people came from families that thought anything was possible for the super successful entrepreneur there are thousands maybe even millions of people who could do the same thing but they're limited by the artificial boundaries that they grew up believing were holding them in. To be sure, I'm not saying that anyone can, a- can attempt to run a sub-four-minute mile. I'm not claiming that you can do anything you wish to do, but I am saying that you could be just like that 10,000-pound elephant who believes that the small chain or rope that held them down as a baby still holds them down today. What is that, that what is it that you think you might you might be able to do but you're afraid to try it? Well, why not try it today? We're supposed to do new things. Push the boundaries a bit maybe. If we never learned anything new, how would you get around town? You would never have learned how to drive a car. God is in the business of new things. The Bible begins with God doing a new thing when he created the heavens and the earth. And he certainly doesn't stop there. In the book of Isaiah, God is telling the Israelites what is coming. Chapter 42, beginning in verse 18, it says, Do not remember the former things or consider the things of old. I'm about to do a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. The wild animals will honor me, the jackals and the ostriches. For I will water the wilderness, rivers in the desert, to give drink to my chosen people, the people whom I formed for myself so that they might declare my praise. God is with you when you try new things. Maybe your longest run is waiting for you to try it. Or maybe you've already stepped way outside your comfort zone. If so, good for you. But there's one more step. The last seven words of those verses in Isaiah say, so that they may declare my praise. It is an amazing feeling when we step outside our comfort zone and accomplish something that scared us or that we thought we could never do. But once we do it, we have to be careful to give God the praise he deserves for creating us to be able to do those hard things. What big thing can you accomplish today so that you can sing the praises of our most awesome God. Hmm. Great story, Dean. Is there anything that you were really scared of, scared to try, but you tried it anyway? Do you remember anything?
0: I think run for God's the obvious answer. Yeah? Um, I mean, that was that was a scary step back in January 2010, but I guess to answer your question, not, not really. You're
1: you know, not scared of much.
0: I was... You, I mean, I was the crazy bull rider. Yeah. In high school, I, I think I'm kind of an adrenaline junkie. Maybe, maybe more so when I was younger. It that's kind of, you know, I joke now. We have a, a rodeo that comes to town every year, and I joke every year that I'm going to sneak around and and enter that thing <laughs> and and crop. But I would I would break something nowadays. I think, and I real I think I I recognize that so that. The reason that I don't sign up is, is probably a little bit of fear. But, yeah, I mean, I'm a bit of an adrenaline junkie. I, I like to do crazy things. I've been that way since I was a kid. You know, yeah. I'll was the, I'll never forget probably really, really young, probably younger than my mom would want me to say. We would go to my dad's job sites. I would always find within five minutes I would be on the highest point i would be on top of the roof hanging off the rafters and I, I i can remember my mom just screaming at me from the ground get down from there but so yeah i, I like yeah i lo- I love adrenaline
1: have you ever jumped out of an airplane I, I haven't
0: done that i want to do that yeah i still want to do that yeah um i always say when i go skydiving i'd like to go to the keys yeah that would skydive be at the keys because yeah. i know that's a pretty popular place but
1: yeah i would love to do that yeah well, I did that. Deb, it was if Debbie anybody
0: instru- out there listening is a skydiver instructor, if you invite me, I will come.
1: Yeah. Just putting that out there. <laughs> uh, well, I for Debbie's birthday one year, we went skydiving because she had always wanted to go skydiving, so I took her skydiving. Of course, I can't stay on the ground. I've got to do it too. Yeah. You've, but, you, we've seen this video. Yeah. I've seen this video. Yeah. And That's I, funny. <laughs> I just remember... Once I'm up in the plane, I'm like, it, it was all a matter of fact, because this was all for her. And then once we're up in the plane, I'm strapped to this guy. <laughs> and I'm thinking, what am I about to do here? Um, and it was, I remember, <laughs> was a, if, you, if you watch, you have to really watch the video close to see it. it doesn't show this part very, very much. But the, I'm on the front of it. I'm in the front of this guy. And he kneels at the door of the plane before we go out of the plane. Well, he's going to do a backflip, which I'm very uncomfortable with to start with. <laughs> I would rather do a front flip; I would be more comfortable with that. But he wants to do a backflip. Fine, that's it's his thing. He's he's controlling what's going on. But I remember him telling me, "Keep your head back." He, and he would and and he would pull his head back against him, pull my head back against him. He'd grab me on the forehead, pull my head back, and I, I'd have my head back, and my head would automatically go boop. And my, I would look down. <laughs> and he would pull my head back and then I'd look down and he did it a three or four times pulling my head back before he jumped out because I couldn't I could not look down and uh, and it was scary for me um, way scarier than I ever really thought it was going to be of course once we were out of the airplane everything was great but anyway I guess so, that's my thing so
0: you're saying immediately after jumping the fear goes away
1: within two seconds really yeah yeah, within crazy. two seconds, it just feels awesome. It just feels incredible. Hmm.
0: Yeah, there's a sermon in that. There is somewhere.
1: Yeah, <laughs> and, you know, I, I, I told this this more recently. You know, it, the optimist in me thinks anything is possible. Mm-hmm. That I that I can do anything. I said this before. I think on this podcast, my mother told me when I was young that I could do anything. And I believed her. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like I can do just about anything. Um, But I think that many people freak out when it comes to these things. And they freak out in the middle of things, too. And I think about it from a running standpoint where this 5K that I ran recently where I I, I did this this record thing. We talked about it on this podcast. And I could have looked – I could have been scared – when I hit that first mile and it was way too fast, I could have said, ugh, oh, I've blown it, doggone it. But I didn't. Instead, I tried. I looked on the positive side of that. And the right outlook on anything that you're scared of can help um, and can get you to the right place.
0: But how many times do we see that, you know, we, we work with young people and running and whatever, and how many times have we, I mean – we know how to look at a run and you know kind of tell, okay, this this person can run a X, mm-hmm. but they can't run it until they believe they can run it. That's and right. With young people, so many times they just think they can. I'm thinking of one young lady on the cross country team in particular. She, mm-hmm. her her biggest her her biggest problem is her. Mm-hmm. It's not her legs. She's an incredibly fast young lady, but and. and but so many times it's the self-deprecating It's the i, I can't do that i can't do that mm-hmm. well the numbers say you can but yeah but our, it's it's the fear of trying to push to that and yep. i've seen her have a couple of breakthroughs and it's like oh i can do that And you're like well, we've been saying you can do that <laughs> but yeah we just get in our own way sometimes
1: yeah yeah we do While you are working hard to keep your body in shape physically, the music you listen to while you run can help keep you in shape spiritually. We have partnered with J Radio to put together a group of running playlists by Mitchell, Lane, Holly, me, and others that you hear on the Run Club podcast. Plus, you can listen to a playlist put together by members of Run Club just like you. Check out the whole station of Run For God Playlist now at jradio.com and in the J Radio app. All right, we're back. And I don't know, did you watch the indoor track championships? You're not a big track junkie. I
0: did. not I okay. read, I, I saw that you mentioned Davis in here. I, I picked up on that, but no, yeah. I'm, I'm not a big track guy. They're too long.
1: Those, those Oregon guys. They take too much time. <laughs> those those Oregon men, I mean, they were just absolutely dominant, mm-hmm. uh, particularly in the distance events, but other things as well. Um, it's it's interesting to watch these teams that they just keep loading back up. We see it in college football, too, with the, the Alabamas and people like that. It's They just load back up. Cole Hawker ran 3.53 for the mile. I saw that. In a championship race. Yeah. Which and, is unusual. Yeah, it's very unusual. Uh, Explain why that is. Well, uh, because I, I, I know I hear, I hear this all the time. People run in the Olympics. They don't run a fast time for the win. They win in the Olympics, and people think, well, that was disappointing. No, it wasn't. It's the race. It's mm-hmm. the race itself because there's a few reasons why championship races are typically a little bit slower. One is that only a place counts. Mm-hmm. That's all that matters is the place. So it's all tactical. Nobody cares Nobody cares that you ran this time. What they care about, did you win the gold medal? Mm-hmm. Um, you, they also have to go in track meets. They go through rounds to get to a, a championship final. So let's say we're talking about the 1,500 meters. Well, you've already run two or three 1,500-meter races before that final. Mm-hmm. So, and maybe you're in more than one event, so you're tired uh, by the time you get to that event as well, so that that's part of it. A lot of times, the they'll run just fast enough to get by in some of these rounds and and some of these races, and then they do the same thing in the in the final as well. Um, and Which, then that could
0: kind of explain why so many records were broken in twenty twenty. Yeah, because there were no races, and people were going out with a singular goal of they didn't have a first place or a second place. All they had was a record to break. Yep. And so that, that just kind of hit me just now that maybe that explains 2020 a little bit, why so many records fail.
1: Yeah, I think it absolutely does. I think that's part of it. Um, and and racing, racing is just different mm-hmm. than running a fast time. Uh, putting yourself in the right position on the track uh, tactically is important. And sometimes that means running out in the second lane. Well, then you're running longer. You're obviously not going to run as fast a time. Paces speed up or they slow down. Nobody wants to take the lead. So they go out and that first lap is really slow. Mm -hmm. Uh, That happens all the time.
0: Yeah. I mean, I've seen some Olympic races where they go out in the first lap and I'm screaming at the TV, I can run faster than that. (laughs) Because they're just, it's so, you're right. Nobody wants to take that lead. But then when, as soon as that person takes the lead, then it's on. Yeah. You know, but yeah, it's, it's, sometimes I am that person that's like, well, that was a letdown, but I mean, I get it, Yeah,
1: but, um, but this is all why the, when you see world records in the Olympics, what are the events that you normally see it in? Well, it's the sprinting events, right? It's the hundred meters. It's the long jump. It's, it's these, it's these events where it's, it's just pure speed mm-hmm. because there's only one way to run those. Right. And that's all out yeah. now. During some of the rounds, you know, there's some of those Little really really guys fast guys, They can kind of let up, but for the most part, it's that's yeah. ten seconds of fury, mm-hmm. and so you're more likely to see world records in sprints because of that. Sure. So, yeah, and that Oregon team they they won the distance medley relay, um, ran crazy crazy fast, and a lot of people don't know what the distance medley relay is. So uh, the distance medley relay is where you have four four guys four or four ladies. The first leg runs 1,200 meters, which is three laps on the track. The second leg runs up 400 meters on the track, which is one lap. And then the third leg runs 800 meters. And then the last one runs 1,600 meters, or it's pretty close to a mile. Um, and the distance medley relay is always fun to watch because it's, it's, it's fun to watch that, that change of pace as somebody else gets the so baton. So do you
0: have a – is there a reason why they did it? Because you went – you go three laps, one lap, two laps, four laps – why did they pick that order? Is there a reason behind that?
1: Well, that's a very interesting story. I got myself in trouble in a track meet here a few a few years ago. When I first started coaching track, um, we actually – when I was in high school, the 800 meters was first, hmm. not the 1,200. So it was 800, 400, 1,200, 1,600 back then. And I was running the 800-meter leg, so I knew it was the first leg. Anyway, Um so we get into this meet well i thought the 800 meter leg was first i assumed it was still the same so we had a girl that was running around the 800 meters in the first leg i remember this and after she started we realized oh no this is the 1200 <laughs> meter leg we had to tell her as she was running uh oh, sorry you're going to, have to run some more <laughs> that was rough who um, who was that running i i remember that it was morgan yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it was yeah. Morgan. yeah anyway she was a good sport about it yeah um a guy we know. You mentioned Davis. Davis Bove. Uh, he ran three fifty eight indoors now, which is crazy. As a sophomore, crazy fast, and he finished last in his heat. Yeah, that is unbelievable <laughs> that uh, that you can run that fast. What's interesting is the other heat. And this goes back to what we were talking about before about championship races. In the other heat, four oh five won it won the other heat because wow. they all just kind of laid back and it all it came down to the last couple of laps in the kick so well, wow. yeah so I know track meet can be a little boring uh, especially with the younger le- ages and that's that's been your experience as you've seen a lot of these yeah. middle school and high school meets and they're not always good
0: It just I mean we have one. joked you and I I'm convinced could go put on a track meet and be done and gone and cleaned up eating dinner Within three hours.
1: Yeah, uh, no question about
0: but it. But some of the, I mean, we'll get there at four, and I know a few track meets for that to turn on the lights at yeah. nine o'clock. Yeah. Five hours later. Yeah. And uh but I mean I get it, you know, it's they're relying on volunteers and it's teachers yeah. and I get it, but it's still uh, it's like watching paint dry sometimes. It's like going <laughs> to a swim meet, same thing. Yeah. They're so yeah. long. um
1: yeah but i love track and field i love to be around i love the rawness of track and field yes yeah. it's, it's the me against you thing where it's just it's that's all it is of course you know the, the new shoe technology is kind of throwing a monkey wrench in the thing so there is something more to it than than there used to be
0: have you seen lane's foot have we did he call you about his uh-uh. the back of his feet you know he got the new what's the new shoe he got um the the new race shoes he got the yeah, nike the, yeah uh, i don't
1: remember which one it is what it's one of the ones that's in question percent or whatever um
0: but you know he runs triathlon you don't you don't wear socks yeah and his heels are well i mean after the race in sarasota that was his third race in those the back heel and even down the coming down the shoe is red i mean he, it completely wore the hide off he's trying to get them healed up right now uh yeah. but i i don't know if he's going to race in them anymore because it's there's something the way they're designed on the back. Three other athletes at the race wearing the same shoes were also bloody. Same problem. Yeah. So I don't know if it's mm. something abrasive in the material on the back of those that's yeah. just not working for triathletes because you know triathletes don't wear socks. Yeah. M- most times you're wearing socks wearing those shoes. Right. And um, so there may be a design flaw there, which you know because it's four different people at this race in Sarasota come through with the same
1: exact shoes. And the back of them are red from, well, from the blood. So, that tells you there's an issue there yeah. for sure. Wow. That's very interesting. All right. How about this week's trivia question? This one is a simple one. What is the largest muscle in your body?
0: So I'm pretty sure I know this one. Is it a trick question? Or is, no. Okay. Then I think I know it. Yeah. All right. Very good. Can I? I can't enter. Can you can't. I? Okay. No. Can't
1: Sorry. Okay. Sorry. I but, was
0: going to t- call Gay and tell her to send my Run for God package. So if you know the question, if you know the answer to this, now you're just assuming you know the answer. I'm 99.9% <laughs> sure I know the answer to this. But if you are also 99.9% sure, be the first one to email Dean at runforgod.com. Not customer service. Not Facebook Messenger. Email dean at runforgod.com, and we'll send you a Run Club gift box that has T-shirt, coffee mug, bumper sticker, copy of devotions, just all kind of Run Club goodies in there. We'll send that to you free of charge.
1: That'd be awesome. So here's why running is so awesome. Running is pretty time efficient. Mm-hmm. You know, you think about other sports like cycling. Cycling takes a lot of time. hmm because not only you may live in an area, I live in an area where I can just ride out off out of my driveway and and be on a a, a good place to ride, and, and you do too. But uh, some people, you live in the city, you got to go somewhere.
0: Well, to, and plus it's it. about a three or four to one ratio. Yeah. To get the same amount of fitness, if if you run five miles, you got to run. I mean, you got to bike twenty, twenty five, thirty miles to get, to get the that same, same amount of benefit. So yeah
1: yeah yep yeah. um swimming you know you got to go to a pool right if you're a swimmer i mean you just now maybe you've got like a big swimming pool in your backyard but probably not probably not that long <laughs> nope um you know if you're a gym rat you you got to go to the gym now there are some things some things you can do in your house and they have all these this fancy equipment these days with these mirrors and other things where you can do things in your house but nothing beats being able to go out and run and watch the scenery go by and well i mean and think about it if you're on
0: if you're doing the the 5k challenge or the marathon challenge with us right now i mean i go out and i start my workout and in 30 minutes i'm completely done with the workout start to finish and i can do it right out my front door so yeah there's just no more efficient workout that you can do than that
1: that's less than two hours a week yeah to get that done yeah Yeah, a two-hour bike ride won't do what one of those runs will do. Right. Man. All right. Um, Motivational thought of the week comes from Philip Hagen from the Mayo Clinic, um, which we've become very familiar with lately. (laughs) Uh, Any healthy choice you make, no matter how small, makes a difference. The more healthy habits you add, the more steps you take toward better health. Hmm. I remember Spider saying basically this same thing just in a different way when he was on our podcast because uh, it just change one thing. Change one thing today. When it's usually more sustainable doing it that way. You mm-hmm. know like
0: like a diet. People think they got to do this insanely crazy thing to to get their diet under control when really just take out soft drinks. Yeah. Do do one thing at a time and it's so much more sustainable than trying to do this crazy something you've never done and you change everything about your diet many times that's just not sustainable
1: yeah you're right you don't have to make major changes to make a difference Hmm. Uh, but one thing you do have to do is you do have to make changes yeah so uh small changes you take three three small changes that equals a big change yeah so that's kind of the way i look at it all right make sure you're sharing run club with others we so appreciate you being here um make sure that you've reviewed our podcast and you're spreading the word go ahead and share that podcast with somebody uh particularly the ones you like mm-hmm. the ones that are really good um, spread, <laughs> spread those around um all right everybody you're doing great keep up the the training if you're on this couch to marathon journey with us uh keep it up just like that post earlier that we talked about it's One step today, another step tomorrow, there's a finish line coming in less than a year from now. So keep that support up. Keep glorifying God in your running and all that you do. Now may God bless every step of every run. Go out there and shine your light.
0: Good job, Dean. For more information about the Run for God ministry, go to runforgod.com. If you have questions about your salvation, click on the Peace with God tab. There's nothing more important. Thanks for joining us today.